Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Well, hi, everyone. It's good to be with you, man. How are we doing tonight? We good? We're so glad you're here. So our plan tonight is a little different than normal. I'm going to I'm going to speak a little shorter than normal. I know that disappoints you in a major way, but I'm going to speak a little shorter. We're going to close with some communion tonight and some extra time of worship. And, and then, of course, as they just shared, we'll be going over to baptisms and some time to hang out. Um, but I really feel like over the next hour, we're going to have some pretty rich and intentional experience as a church family. You know what I mean? Like, communion, baptism, like we're doing it all tonight. You know what I mean? And I'm very excited about it. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So are you guys ready to go? Yeah. One more time. Are you guys ready to go? Yeah. All right. So we are in week number three of the series that we've been doing called Abide. Everyone say abide. abide. You probably remember that the word abide, it means to dwell, to stay, to remain, to, to even inhabit, right? And <clears throat> we abide in Jesus Jesus abides in us. He abodes with us. And I just want to look tonight at a little bit of scripture. I want to talk about what we've been talking about in John 15. We're going to be in verse 1 through 17. We've been in that. That's the central scripture. And really the central verse that gives this illustration of garden language comes in verse 5 when Jesus says this. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is it that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So the act of abiding is illustrated in this imagery, right, of a branch staying in the vine, remaining in the vine. The branch, right, it has no choice but to stay in the vine. Otherwise, it's going gonna, it's gonna to die, right? It, there's no life outside of the vine. And if you think about it, for a branch, it's a life of intimacy. It's a life of dependency and it's a life of consistency. I want to make sure you heard those three points because they have a lot of meaning for where we're headed, right? Intimacy, dependency, consistency. These are three words that we're going to focus on tonight. So let's just do it together. Everyone say intimacy. intimacy. Everyone say uh, dependency. dependency. Everyone say consistency. consistency. These three thoughts are what I'm calling the keys to abiding, all right? We're jumping straight to the end. I'm giving you the three points now for the entire message. I don't, ex I don't really uh, suggest checking out after I do this, but these are the three points, right? I created a tool for us, and these are the keys to abiding, and it's in the shape of a key. You guys should be impressed, right? So we have some keys. We have some keys on a key, and all the points end with CY. My points are on point tonight. Come on, like I worked on this really hard, and I usually don't speak with points. And so you guys getting it all, the kitchen sink thrown at you tonight on Sunday night, because why the heck not, right? So we're going to walk through these one at a time. The first one we have is intimacy. And this message, like I said, is going to be a little short. It's going to be pretty practical, though. Intimacy. Without intimacy, there's no abiding. Abiding is where, or intimacy is where abiding begins, right? John 15, 4 says this. We're just going to look at these words once again. <clears throat> but abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. 
Neither can you unless you abide in me. This language, abide in me, I abide in you. This is, this is if you will, intimacy language, right? Intimacy with God is intended not only to be the purpose of life in the here and now, but forever in heaven, like that we are walking with God, that we are knowing God. Here at OKC Community, we often talk about spiritual practices, spiritual rhythms. We, we talk often about reading the Bible and praying. How many times have I said, hey, read the Bible and pray, right? Like read the Bible, pray. We talk about fasting, Sabbath keeping, tithing. We talk about corporate worship, all these sorts of things, devotionals that we do. They are all aimed at doing what? Building intimacy with God. And if you've ever been in church, which most of you have because you're here, or if you've been in church for a long time, you're probably familiar at some level with what it means to live with spiritual rhythms and spiritual practices. And like any relationship, the better and the more meaningful the relationship is, the deeper the intimacy. I don't know if you've ever had any good friends in your life, but if you have, you probably know that over the years, when you have a good friend, there's probably three things that are present. One, the friendship is intentional. There's intentionality in that friendship. Two, there's probably quite a bit of time spent with the other person in order to build that friendship, right? And three, there's an affection and love, meaning you actually enjoy being around that person. These three things create friendship, but also create intimacy, right? It's important to note that you can actually have one of these three things and intimacy won't be present. For example, have you ever spent loads of time with someone, but you didn't really uh, have a deep affection for them? And so you don't really have necessarily a great intimacy with them. You just have a familiarity with them. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Don't look at them now, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. I've worked with people, right? I've spent loads of time with people, spent quite a bit of quantity and quality time with people. But at the end of the day, you know, there was something missing. Maybe there was an affection missing and they were more colleagues than they were friends. By the way, I'm not talking about anybody I'm working with right now. I love all those people. Jesus calls us his friends, right? He calls us his friends. We're actually going to talk about that whole friendship thing in a couple weeks. It's going to be pretty powerful. But this friendship, just like our other friendships, they need to be rooted in time together, time or intentionality and affection. Author Graham Cook, he takes it to the next level. Just read a quick quote. He says, he says, our intimacy with God should not be our most, should be, excuse me, our intimacy with God should be our most intimidating weapon against the enemy. Like, he takes it up another level. Intimacy with God is our source of victory. Intimacy with God is what makes us secure and beloved and safe. You have nothing to fear whenever you are hidden in Christ, right? So our authority, if you ever wonder about authority, our authority actually comes from who we are in Christ, but our strength and belief in that authority comes from our intimacy. So if we ever want to defeat the power of the enemy... It's rooted in our intimacy because the enemy wants to do whatever it can to strip away intimacy with, between you and the Father. You understand that, right? Like, he doesn't want that because he knows this is your weapon. Because, obviously, what the, <clears throat> excuse me, what the, what the enemy's going to do, he's going to disrupt your relationship with the Father by giving you all sorts of uh, things that distract from your time with God. He's going to mess it up so we don't have maybe as much intentionality. He's going to disrupt our affection by filling us with shame and with doubts. And this is why I love James' encouragement in, in James chapter 4. He says, draw near to God and I will draw near 
to you. So our relationship with God is intended to possess a nearness. Everyone say nearness. nearness. So here's what I want to do tonight. With each of these little keys, right? We're talking about intimacy on this first one. I want us to actually do a little bit of self-assessment. This is a little different. But I want you to just think about how do you feel? Do you feel near or far? So I have a little sliding scale up here. We're actually going to do the whole 1 to 10 thing. You know what I mean? Where we're going to give ourselves a little bit of a score. One being I'm in the danger zone. It's red, warning lights flashing. I feel very far from the Lord. Ten being, you know what? I am like, I am like crushing it. And I feel so great with the Lord. I'm like kind of legendary status with God right now. And that's what you can be if you're a 10, right? And so I want you to give yourself a number. And I know it's a little different. Here's what you, if you have some, if you take notes, cool, write these down. But if you don't, I'm giving you permission. Pastor's giving you permission right now to pull out your phone. Just don't look at Instagram. And I want you to go to the notes section of your phone. I'm going to have you write some stuff down tonight, all right? So everybody go ahead and do that. Get your phone out. If you don't have notes or if you're not writing anything. And I want you to do this. Please just do it tonight. We're going we're gonna to do something together. All right? I want you to give yourself a number when it comes to how you are feeling in your intimacy quotient. One being, I feel far. Ten be, being, I feel super close, near to him. Give yourself a number, which is always like great, right? It's like going to the doctor, give us your pain level. It's subjective, I get it, but this is your number. No one's looking at it but you tonight. I'm not going to make you share it with your neighbor or anything like that. No looking over anybody's shoulders. Y'all got it? Got your number down? All right. Let's go to number, key number two of abiding, right? Dependency. Let's look at what Jesus says in John 15, verse 5. He says, he says this, whoever abides in me and I in him, I read this a minute ago, he is it that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You understand that? Apart from me, you can do nothing. That sounds pretty dependent, doesn't it? Dependency. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my, this, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So I want you to imagine this scene, right? Jesus is believed in this passage to be sitting in a garden. Probably a garden that has a grapevine in it. He's talking to his disciples and he says, listen, I'm like this vine. You are like these branches. And if these branches become separated from the vine, of course, they have no life. They are dead. Life is provided by the vine. He says, I am the vine. Apart from me, you are dead. In other words, your life is dependent upon God. We may know this at some intellectual level, right? But do we know this at an abiding level? Do we understand dependency? Let's use a different example, all right, for just a minute. Besides the vine and the branches, we'll use a different example to illustrate this idea of dependency. Let's just use a, uh, let's just use a car. Modern world, car, right? Use a car. Who doesn't love the benefits of a car? How many guys like cars, right? Like, so we all drive a car, or at least we have been in a car, I would think. Cars are brilliant machines, aren't they? they it's truly a work, of, a work of art, what they've created. And, and, and once the creation is complete, once its unique design is finished, once every detail is done, a car is still dependent. I think we get that. 
Even the greatest cars are still dependent. You guys ever seen the self-driving cars? I mean, some of you have those cars. Like, even as we advance cars, AI cars that can drive themselves, those cars are still dependent. They're dependent on what? They're dependent on fuel. They're either dependent on gasoline or they're dependent on electricity. Most cars need a driver, but even if they don't need a driver, they still are dependent on fuel, and ultimately they are dependent on the fact that they were created by someone. And just like you, as self-sufficient as you are, as, as, as creative as you are, as beautiful as you are, as amazing as you are, you are still dependent, right? You're actually dependent on a lot of things. But at the most basic level, you too are dependent on fuel. How many of you guys like food, right? You need food to keep alive physically, but then you also need spiritual food, right? Jesus talks about it when he talks in John 4 to his disciples. Whenever they say, hey, you need to eat some lunch, he says, listen, I have food that you know nothing about. It's to do the will of my Father. And then he says, right after that, he calls himself the living water. He calls himself the bread of life. He's like, you need this for your soul. So we actually need and are dependent not only on those things, but even greater than that, we are dependent on our creator, aren't we? We wouldn't even exist. We wouldn't even have these, uh, uh, the things that we have. We, we wouldn't be who we are without the creative touch of our creator. We are dependent creatures. I, think, I know we know these things intellectually, but whenever I'm thinking about this picture of abiding, I think for so many of us, it's like, how do I stay? How do I remain? How do I actually, what does this actually mean, like staying connected to the vine? Well, i got to create intimacy with my Father in heaven. I have to be dependent on Jesus in my life. Like I have to figure out what it means to feed on the things that he calls me to feed on. Jesus is not only saying, don't just understand this about your relationship that you have to stay connected to me. He says, but when you abide in me, in verse 7, he says, my word, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. In other words, leaning into me, depending on me, it opens up all sorts of new possibilities. So what's the flip side of this? You know, we talked about the opposite side of intimacy is what? Of course, nearness. God is, in, 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 excuse me, we, the opposite is, I don't know why I thought that's, I was reading my notes wrong here. But opposite of intimacy is nearness with God in, in his distance and feeling far from him. The opposite of dependency on God is dependency on self. So consider this. Your life is defined by depending on God or depending on yourself. Do you work through problems or do you pray through problems? Do you begin with God's plan for your finances or do you make your own plan and strategy for your financial plan? Do you seek first the kingdom of God or do you seek first the things that are of your dreams and your ambitions and your wants? Dependency is trusting in the ways of God instead of trusting in the ways of the world. So we're going to do the same thing. You all ready to kind of see how you're doing a little bit on dependency? Let's self-assess on our sliding scale. One, warning light, danger zone. I'm too self-dependent. And focus, 10 is green, I'm really healthy, feeling great, I depend on God for everything, all right? I want you to go ahead and give yourself a number. I know this is like totally not what we ever do, rank ourselves with stuff, right? But go ahead and do it tonight. Give yourself a number. Everybody got it? When you say, I, when you got it, say, I got it. All right. 
we're moving through this final key to abiding is consistency. Everyone say consistency. consistency. <laughs> that was a little bit. Uh, it's okay. Um, let's go to John 15, verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus says, I have been consistent, now you must be too. I have kept my Father's commandments. He's like, this is one of the essentials. Now you must, be do you must too. Abiding requires consistency. How many of you guys know that consistency is one of the most underrated values in our culture? We don't value it enough. Most of us want a quick fix and immediate results. We want a shortcut to the, and the impact of consistency. Right? Like someone wants to lose 20 pounds, we'd rather have a quick fix, right? Versus do a consistent new healthy habits kind of lifestyle. Y'all know what I'm talking about now? We want to grow a new skill. What do we do? We just YouTube it. We see if we can, come, we can get a life hack. We can just find some quick way to kind of, we don't like to take the time to learn a craft or a skill through apprenticeship or through taking the time to grow. We'd rather become so-called experts overnight. And when we do that, we end up feeling the pressure to look healthy without actually being healthy. And, when we, and we wonder why so many people feel like imposters, right? It's because we shortcut our way through life and we end up carrying weight that we're not prepared to carry. Consistency matters. And see, when you start to think about abiding in this, in this, little, this little key thing that we've made tonight, that, oh man, my intimacy, my, my dependency, and then my consistency, how am I doing in these things? Consistency. So many people feel entitled to opportunities that they never earn through the diligence of consistently showing up, consistently doing the work, or consistently being faithful. Anybody ever want the benefits of consistency but don't want to do the work of it? This simple practice, right? We can talk about all sorts of examples. Think about the impact of, of staying consistent. Consistently brushing your teeth. It pays off. Consistently showing up to work. It literally pays off. And when you don't consistently show up, you lose your job. Consistency in parenting is crucial. Any parents in the room? Anybody else feel like me? You're just like a beginner figuring it out? I'm 20 years deep and I still don't know what I'm doing. But I figured out a few things. The other day I had a friend... We went to lunch, and he asked me to tell him about how we've raised our family, which I was like, okay, going deep, quick. And, I was, and he was like, tell me what has been the thing that you've learned about the most. And I was like, bro, it's noon on a Wednesday. I wasn't ready for this question. <laughs> so I had to think for a moment, and I said, well, you know, we stumbled into a few things that worked as parents, and then we held onto those things and didn't let go. I said, you know, we've been consistent in a few key areas of raising our kids. And the simplest example of this, a lot of you know this story, but it's just telling our kids every, every day to do things that matter. 
You know, this is how our day starts. It has been for over 12 years now where our kids going into school. We just look at them and say, hey, do things that. And then they say matter. They fill it in the blank and, and, then, and then off they go. But it's an encouragement every day. How many know the things that you say as a parent matter? We follow it up. We reinforce it with stories like what would you do today? Here's what we did. We talk about stories of things that matter in our life. We've consistently celebrated that. We have doing things that matter. more. There's things in our life that sort of have reinforced something that we care about by being consistent. You know what? We're still learning how to parent. We make a lot of mistakes, but here's what I've learned. I've learned that consistency matters. And so, of course, the opposite of consistency is inconsistency. And this is a life that always feels out of rhythm. So I don't know if anybody here feels that at times. I was talking to someone the other day. They said the only thing consistent about my life is chaos. And I was like, anyone feel that? You know what I mean? Other people may say, well, I'm consistent at some things. I'm consistent at like watching sports or spending money. Anybody feel like you're really good at spending money? It's like, well, I don't have any money. I don't know what I did. Did it again. Not all forms of consistency are created equal. You know what I mean? Some consistencies aren't good for us. And consider this. How are you doing at abiding consistently? Are you consistent when Jesus, at what Jesus calls keep my commandments? So let's do the same thing. We're just going to give ourselves a little score tonight on our consistency. And by the way, just so you know, I think this is the one that most of us struggle with the most, right? What do you got, though? One being like, I'm very inconsistent. Ten being like, you know what? I am lockstep every day in keeping the commandments of Jesus. Everybody got your score? You got three scores now, right? Three numbers? You guys look at your three numbers? Say yes. yes. I want you to add those three numbers up and then divide by three. Add those three numbers up and divide by three. It'll look something like this. This is not my score. I wasn't going to tell you guys what my score is. This is just an example. Everybody got your number? It should be somewhere between 1 and 10. If it's below 1 or above 10, see me after class. All right? Here's what I want to practice and suggest tonight. I mean, I don't know about you, but this may be like, uh, for me... I was just trying to be tonight just some, something practical. Because the picture I had was like people riding a bike with Jesus uh, and they, they, they don't realize, like they don't, you ever ride your bike with no hands? You remember when you do that as a kid, you're like, oh, 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 oh. you know what I'm talking about? And <clears throat> here's the thing though, it's really hard to steer when you're going no hands. And I was just picturing like, like we need to give handlebars to abiding. Like something to grab a hold of to start steering a little better. And, and these three little ideas, it's just, it's just language. It's just words to put to the things that you struggle with when it comes to your faith in Christ. It's like, how do you, what's the next step for you? So for me, like, if I was going to give you a practical suggestion, it's like, go to the lowest score that we just did tonight and, like, attack it vigorously. To say, you know what, I'm going to raise that score up. And I don't mean that like we're ranking ourselves. It's just, a, it's just trying to identify what do I struggle with? Where am I off right now? 
man, I, I'm not creating any intimacy. I have no time with God. I have, I have no affection for him because I feel shame or, or whatever it may be. Or maybe it's dependency. Like I just go and do my own thing. I never go to God's word and see what his wisdom says. I, I'm always looking on Google for all my answers. I'm not depending on what his word or what his instruction is. Or maybe it's, or maybe it's you know, this, this idea of consistency. You're like, I'm just constant chaos. I'm constantly just kind of reacting. I'm never, I'm never leading my life in a way that I want to. So it's like, find the lowest score and say, you know what, I'm going to do something intentional with this because I want to be a person that truly abides in Jesus. I want to learn this rhythm that, and this way of life that Jesus teaches. So what's the lowest score? Attack it with immediate attention. The, the idea, the purpose of giving you these keys is to unlock something in your life. To simply give you language, like I said, to grab a hold of some handlebars. So abiding, it's not busy or difficult. But it is about prioritizing intimacy, dependency, and consistency. So here's what we're going to do tonight. Just kind of create some space. We just thought it would be a really good night to kind of give us a little bit of time to kind of like abide time, like five minutes of like, what if we just sat in here and just said, okay, God, what, how can I learn how to abide more tonight? Here's my low area. This is something I, what can I, what's one, two, three thoughts that might start provoking me to just be more intentional and in, about this in my life. So we just want to give space for you to just say, Lord, would you teach me how to abide? And I thought we'd just kind of set that up with going, of course, to the Father to do something that he told us to do often. He told us to come and commune with him, right? To, to share in what he calls the Lord's Supper. And, and we do this because it's an act of communion. It's saying, Lord, I want to actually abide in you. And when you think about really what communion is about, it's, it's these three movements. It's about probably many things, but if you think about it, it's like intimacy, the cross. He's created access for all people through Christ, like intimacy is literally the purpose of the cross, that we would have relationship with God. Dependency, right? We depend on Christ for our salvation. It only can happen through the cross. Nothing we can do to create salvation. We are dependent on what Christ did on the cross. And consistency, he says, come and do this often. Remember me and what he's done. He told us to continue to do this act of communion. So what we're going to do, we're going to have some people, they're going to pass some baskets. Can you just grab a communion cup and bread? I'm going to pray in a moment. I'm going to give you some space to just abide for a few minutes, rest, remain, stay. you get that, I just want to kind of remind you of a few things. One, we practice 
believers communion here, meaning if you know Jesus, then we invite you to take communion. We also practice self-examination before we take it, remembrance, worship. We've been doing all those things tonight. So when you're ready in a few moments during a song, you can simply thank Jesus um, for what he did for us on the cross. Of course, the, the bread represents his body that was given for us. The cup, it represents the blood that was spilt for us, gives us grace, forgives us of our sin. And so we're going to sing a song, and the song is actually called Abide. And the idea that I, we wanted to do tonight is that you would literally just sit and just listen to the lyric and reflect, take communion when you're ready. And then if you think of an idea that's just like, this is what I want to do this week to really take an intentional step towards one of these three keys, then just write that down in your notes. I'm trying to remember it. Be intentional about your week. But I'm going to pray, and then you're going to have freedom to abide, take communion when you're ready. And we're just going to stay seated. And then after we do one song, giving you all the cues tonight, the band's going to lead us in one more song. We're going to invite you to stand and worship as we close this night. Would you pray with me, Father? We pray that as we just spend some time now sitting and resting in you, Father, that this would be a time in which we truly do abide and we truly do take a just a small taste abiding is so much more than a moment like this abiding is so much more than five minutes of listening we get all that father but lord we know that moments like this can help provoke other moments and so lord i just pray your holy spirit would speak i pray that you would move in this time and then lord we thank you for the cross we thank you for jesus we thank you that this act of communion is another way that we just come in relationship with you remembering what you've done thanking you for your sacrifice your love and your salvation lord we love you we give you these next few minutes in your name. Amen. So just enjoy, just rest. Use this time to connect. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.